Sasswa is a podcast about Bigfoot. It's recorded for the skeptics, the believers, the knowers, and those who just have a casual interest in the subject. For more information, visit sasswa.com. over the years. What can the dark shadow passing through the woods really be? TV20's Anna Carabia shows us how one North Central Florida man claims he's seen not one, but two skunk apes. He was speaking about sighting um, two different individual skunk apes here on the property just down, just right down from where we are. John Bird is a manager at BC Quarter Circle Ranch in Fort White. He says a neighbor who lives down the road told him he had seen skunk apes. He said that they were pulling these Spanish malls off the trees and eating it. Um, he also um, told my fiance and I and her uncle that he, on a regular basis, feeds um, these skunk apes sweet potatoes and plantains. And while it may seem strange, skunk ape sightings are not uncommon in the area. Bob Hagen, owner of the ranch, says he's lived on the property his whole life. He says his grandparents and great-grandparents told him stories about the mysterious creature. I have actually never seen anything that I would swear to you is Sasquatch, skunk ape, or Bigfoot, or anything else. But he says he has seen some strange stuff around. I was out on the tractor in the pine this is Sasquatch, a podcast about Bigfoot. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Seth Breedlove. I'm joined tonight by my pal Mark Matsky. Hello there. Ooh. And welcome. <laughs> we haven't done this in a couple of weeks. No. Uh, so Mark and I struggle sometimes with deciding on topics and um a little peek behind the curtains for our listeners we record typically we record multiple episodes at a time so we'll record sometimes like i think the most we've done is three or four at a time i don't think we've done more than that unless it was way yeah. back in the beginning when we were doing like 20 minutes i think yeah four is the outer limits yeah i think it's pushing it um so to, uh, we we talked back and forth earlier on a recording week when we know we're, we're going to record and i say mark you gotta, you gotta give me something, because Mark's people that listen to the show probably don't realize it. Mark is the brains behind the entire thing. Um, oh he gosh. keeps me afloat because typically I either don't have the time to research enough, or I am just incredibly lazy and don't research enough. <laughs> and then Mark has to carry the entire show. Uh, and this week, I'm like, Mark, let's let's talk about it. And I think it was you who suggested both of these, if I'm not mistaken. It could be. So, I bombed you with <laughs> some pretty bizarre stuff, if I don't, yeah. if I remember that correctly. So, skunk apes. This episode is about the skunk ape, and um, let's talk a little bit, first of all, about what the skunk ape even is. Um, the skunk ape would be... Th now, this is something I want you to define for me, Mark, because I don't understand. Is the skunk ape the florida bigfoot or is it the entire southern section of the united states version of bigfoot i believe that the skunk ape is a florida phenomenon now the thing is there's some uniformity in uh, the the type of creature that's being reported when you're talking about a skunk ape which i think we need to lead off right away by saying that it's not necessarily what you think of when you think Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. 
you know, the, the ape part of skunk ape is pretty carefully chosen and has been described as everything from chimpanzee to orangutan and gorilla is a word that pops up a lot as well. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty much the skunk ape part is a Floridian term and in, in various places that's really been embraced, you know, and there's skunk ape festivals and things like that these days. But certainly along the, the southern coast, you have a, a collection of reports of these swamp-dwelling creatures that seem to be, you know, more towards the, uh, towards the primate end of things. Yeah, and, and uh, we're going to talk, I hope, a little bit about the Miyaka, Mayaka, however you say it, Mayaka skunk ape photographs. At some point Definitely, here. Definitely, yes. Um, but yep. it, let, let's talk a little bit about what this thing looks like uh, as opposed to other Bigfoots. Now, I do have to say, in my limited research, uh, the the sighting reports I was coming across in Florida on the BFRO specifically, um, to me, just read like typical Bigfoot reports. Now, I don't know. I do know that you know people see these more orangutan-looking uh, primates bigfoot but the the reports i was finding on on the bfro were almost entirely just they would refer to you know gorilla like your typical hair covered um shaggy bigfoots um so talk to us about what the difference is between this thing typically and and a bigfoot from say like the pnw sure well the the thing that you notice right away when you look into the subject is that there does seem to be a lot of crossover between what you think of as a typical Bigfoot report and the skunk ape itself. If we're going to kind of try to develop a picture of the skunk ape, you're going to be looking at something that's shorter than a typical Sasquatch report. Definitely more ape-like in appearance, and we're talking about the five to six foot Uh, height range here. Uh, And as I said before, you're looking at various ways people have described it, everything from gorilla to chimpanzee. The big distinctive, I think, and Lauren Coleman makes this point in his book, is that there have been a number of tracks that have been discovered and cast that have the big toe sticking out like if you would imagine your hand it sticks out like your thumb does uh, it's an opposed hallux as opposed you know as opposed to uh the human toe that sticks forward and that you find in the majority of of bigfoot tracks and so that of course seems to indicate some type of primate making those tracks there's also been a handful of knuckle prints and actual gorilla-like handprints. Yeah, and, and that's something I wanted to talk about, too. And we're going to reference Coleman a few times, I think, here, because uh, I don't know if he originated this idea that there were multiple species of Bigfoots running around the country, but um, the first time I was aware of the term nape was due to Coleman's Bigfoot, uh, The True Story of Apes in America, which is a wonderful book. And I almost uh, reached out to Coleman to ask him if he would, you know, let us talk to him a little bit about this subject, but it, it got down to the point where I just didn't have the time, and I'm sure he's busier than yeah. talking to us anyway. But right. um, 
so but he does talk about how these things they find these knuckle tracks and these things are often seen to move on all fours as often as they are on two legs right that's correct i do believe coleman did come up with the nape Mm -hmm. designation he's responsible for that and it's as you say the movement is very much uh, if you're going somewhere, it seems like all fours is the mode of transportation. They can stand bipedally, but it doesn't seem to be their, the prime way that they get around. Do you think that these are just Bigfoots who used to live in Ohio who have now retired and they've headed on down to the tropical climates of Florida? You know, they hang out in the swamps yeah, around the uh, retirement communities and... They are the snowbird Sasquatch. Yeah. I think you may be onto something there. <laughs> but, but, but then they return probably like around Easter. Sure. You know? Well, some of the major holidays <laughs> they too. They head back north. Yeah. Some of the major holidays. And they're typically seen motoring around on their jazzies through the swamp. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, Coleman's book, Bigfoot. True story of apes in America. They get into this whole idea of of multiple species of Bigfoots, like I said. And this is—I right. have to admit—I'm actually skeptical of this one. I'm I'm skeptical of the idea of multiple types of Bigfoot. Um, I I think it's much more likely that there's just hair growth and that kind of thing that that make these things appear slightly different from one another. Now, when you get into knuckle prints and and this strange like three-toed and four-toed tracks that's a little less easy to explain away but there's a few things that i wanted to point out about the state of florida and i know this from from being there quite a bit when i was younger spending a lot of time there um there's animal menageries in florida all over the place there's a, a pretty huge population of primates that live in florida in cages and that sort of thing kept by private ownership or or circus there's a ton of circus companies that are based in florida uh the biggest obviously was barnum and bailey um we actually went to the museum down there when i was a kid um and i'm sure that at some point there have been escaped chimps or orangutans or gorillas even running around down there i think that brought me back to that idea of uh i think i the Remember when we talked about the escaped animals that might have been in Ohio, because Ohio being like a gateway, um, it right. just made me think of that same thing with Florida. How many of the sightings of primates in the state of Florida could be explained away as a known animal? And I would actually bet that the numbers are pretty high. It's an interesting thought, especially because the climate would seem to be pretty suitable mm-hmm. in North America mm-hmm. um, for to support, you know, the survival of a, an escaped animal of that nature. And I think, you know, the more you look into the cases and the descriptions, I'm not even sure skunk ape translates into southern Bigfoot. Hmm. We could be talking about just, you know, in a, a very true cryptozoological sense, just another, you know, an undiscovered ape or a, a misplaced primate of some sort sure. so so i you know i think that that is that's at the heart of this conversation is uh, is it a bigfoot really and i'm not sure that it is especially when you have other reports from other parts of the state that are clearly 
in the Bigfoot mold. Mm-hmm. Uh, these aren't skunk ape reports per se, even though they get lumped in because it's Florida. Sure. Now, I have some of these, uh, the ones that I spoke about, which are much more typical Bigfoot reports. Let me let me read one real quick. This is from yeah. the BFRO. Um, this is just a road crossing. It's But it, what I thought was cool is it's uh, actually fairly recent. It's November 10th of 2014. It's along the Mayaka River wow. State Park. And this was... Okay. Uh, yeah, November is what it's listed. Um, the witness... Uh, blah, blah, blah. I was driving home toward Arcadia on Highway 72 around 8.30 p.m. I thought I first saw a deer to my right, but then I realized it wasn't a deer. It was a Bigfoot, and it was huge. I had to hit the brakes. It was so close to the car. It ran across the street and looked at me. It crossed in two steps. It had long, dark brown hair. The hair was not shaggy, but smooth like a dog. It ran so close to my car, at my car, it seemed as if it was purposely trying to cross before me. Once I passed by it, I stopped the car and got out. I didn't see anything but smelled a musky smell. Um, The smell, one of the reasons this thing is called a skunk ape, is because there is this frequent uh, mention of an extremely strong, (laughs) pungent odor. (laughs) Uh, yes. which obviously runs uh, parallel to Bigfoot reports uh, occasionally. And it would make sense considering Florida is this extremely tropical, uh, swampy area. I mean, if there's some sort of hair-covered creature running around in that swamp all day, it's going to smell like crap. Yeah. Yeah, and you think about the fact that primates aren't really meant to spend a whole lot of time mm-hmm. in water. And, you know, in in addition to just some sort of gland that might secrete an odor of some type, you know, you I, you imagine it a little bit, you know, what if some of that's just like rotting, like, you know, rotting flesh from being in the water so long and never really getting dry? I mean, there's all kinds of potential explanations for that, but it's skunk ape is skunk for precisely that reason. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, it's funny is that sometimes uh, in coloration, I ran into this in a few reports that I found, that there is sort of a, there can be a shaggy white. There can also be like uh, white around the the eyes, if you can imagine, sort of like a lemur or something. Uh, And then there was, not too long ago on Facebook, there is a photograph making the rounds where you know, the creature had a white stripe right down the middle of its that. of its yeah. forehead, and uh, that's kind of taking skunk ape to to the extreme, the Pepe Le Pew extreme. It seems like yeah. it seems like this year has been kind of a, a skunk ape. I mean, we've been inundated with skunk ape photos, and mm-hmm. we just had the Lettuce Lake video, which I talked a little bit about on the Bigfoot show. I just don't know what's in that. I think it's incredibly inconclusive and uninteresting to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did you have a chance to look at the Lettuce Lake video? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think I've seen All that. Right. It's just a blob moving in the bushes, apparently bipedal. Um, is it in water? Yes. It's, it, well, it's, it's on the, it's, it's kind of on the edge of the water. It's not quite, oh, it's okay. drinking. No, it almost looks I saw like something it's else. From it. It, I saw one that it's kind of, Looking at it, it's like looking through a thicket or something, and it's in a swamp, and whatever it is is sort of up to its thighs in the water, that, kind of sloshing that, through Maybe it. that is, that could be it then. Okay. That could be it. 
Yeah. So yeah, for some reason the skunk ape's huge this year, and and like you said at the beginning of the show, in the state of Florida, the skunk ape is like a, I mean it's almost like a national pet, a, a state pet. He's there's museums, there's all this stuff. I mean it's kind of right. they've adopted it, which I think is kind yeah, of yeah. Cool. And then Swamp Guide David Sheely has the most incredible knack for being in the right place at the right time. He doesn't own a video camera, but he says he borrowed one to film some Everglades deer, and lo and behold... There was something tall and black standing there, about seven feet tall. And as I zoomed in on it, I could see arm movement, kind of like this. And that's when I realized immediately that I was photographing a skunk ape. I think it sensed that I was there, because it really started moving out. And I estimate it was moving at 20, 25 miles an hour. Uh, through the grasses, the mud was this deep. It was very swift, very quick. It is cool. In 1977, they actually introduced a bill to protect the skunk ape. Mm-hmm. It didn't pass into law, oh. but it's become part of the lore. You know that skunk ape is ours, mm-hmm. and they have they have embraced him. So, can we talk a little bit about uh, casts and and footprint finds? Have you looked into that kind of stuff? The only information i have on that is what uh, coleman writes about mm-hmm. and the uh, emphasis that he places on the uh, opposed big toe mm-hmm. uh, indicating some sort of primate foot um there was you know the knuckle prints unfortunately i do not believe they were cast in the story that i looked at they were seen in the dirt by a couple uh different witnesses but i don't think they were preserved in any substantial way now uh, the the terrain down there is very odd for a primate um while there are it's not all swamp i mean primarily where these things are seen are in areas that are extremely swampy and and obviously there are primates that hang out in swamps or swampy areas or areas that have dense you know kind of water and, and foliage but that the, these things are like hanging out where there's also like alligators and is it alligators? Is it crocodiles? What am I thinking right now? Is it both? It would be alligators. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Oh, geez. <laughs> um, so do you think there's like kind of battles going on in the, in the jungles down there in Florida between the skunk apes and the uh, alligators slash crocodiles? I, you would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. I mean, I'm having this mental image of almost like the King Kong, where he where he grabs right. the dinosaur and rips its jaw, you know, and yeah, but it's a it's an alligator and flaps it up and down. Yes, oh, yeah. let's just talk about King Kong. That's okay. Let's do that. <laughs> um, all right. Do you have any the sightings wonder. you wanted to talk about? Yeah, actually, you brought up you know the road crossing one, mm-hmm. and that reminded me of this report I got from 1974. That involves a police department, um, Hialeah Gardens a Police Department actually conducted a helicopter search along U.S. Highway 27 after a motorist reported to the Florida Highway Patrol that he actually hit a seven-foot hairy creature that was crossing the road. Wow. And after he hit the, the Bigfoot, uh, he's a little ticked off, and the creature attacked the car and growled uh, before limping off into the swamp. And the thing that makes this interesting is that uh, two or three other motorists saw a limping creature along that same stretch, and 
the police department was concerned enough to send out a helicopter to search the area. Um, no, no charges were filed against the driver or anything, but I just thought that that was uh, kind of a remarkable story. You know, if that is true, that's more than the usual search that's conducted for a story like that. Right. I have a I have a sighting report from the BFRO, and uh, thank you, BFRO, for letting me read these on the air. Uh, in 1974, I was 12 years old visiting my sister and her family in Davie, Florida, with my cousin, who was 15 at the time. One night, we were sleeping on a pull-out couch in the sitting room when we smelled something like a skunk, only worse. We asked my sister what it was. She said it was the skunk ape, and he came around in the hottest of summers. We didn't believe her, so we asked our friends, and they said it was real. One night, while we were sleeping, we saw a huge shadow come across the picture window. Then it turned, looked at itself, I don't know what that means, and let out a blood-curdling scream that scared us half to death. Then it turned and walked to the side of the house, and we followed it by going into the side bathroom. There it squatted down to eat a wild watermelon. Then it went to the back of the house to a man-made lake, squatted down, and drank some water. A few nights later, the beast attacked a wild horse in its corral, but the horse got away by jumping over the corral and ran off into the pasture. The rancher came out and took a few shots at the beast, but it got away. When the horse came back, it had fingerprints on its hindquarters, not scratches, but finger marks. A few nights later, the beast came back and killed a farmer's bull. The farmer took a few shots, but missed it. At the same time, my sister and her husband were coming home from a night out, and the sheriff and his deputy were on patrol. We jumped into Joe's car and followed the deputy when the beast stepped out of the darkness and was hit by the police car. The beast went down, and when it got up, it looked into the police car and let out a blood-curdling yell. We were about 10 feet behind the deputy's car when the beast hit the police car with both hands, and the back of the car came off the ground. Then it limped off into the swamp. When the sheriff got there, the car looked like it had hit a utility pole. Just then, the farmer came over and told the sheriff that his prized bull was dead. This bull was huge, at least a ton, with its head ripped off and thrown across the pasture. Whoa. That's when they called in the state police with their horses and dogs and helicopters. They searched the swamp all night, but found nothing. Um, now, I, I thought this was just absolutely fascinating, because you've got a police search and all this stuff, and to, to really get... Um, a, a a glimpse into this case go to the bfro and look it up um let me see what the this report is actually 44837 it's a class a sighting and there's a lot of additional details including newspaper clippings so this isn't some uh undocumented case i i was blown away <laughs> yeah what what year was that again this would have been let me see let me go back to the top 1974 okay so Case number uh, 44837 on the BFRO, uh, but a really cool case. I don't know you know, what's behind it. I didn't take a ton of time to look through it, obviously, but there are newspaper mm-hmm. clippings, and I saw something about a movie being made that was based on this, so I'm kind of curious about the, the case overall to, to learn a little bit more about it because it seems like one of those classic small-town sightings. Yeah. Yeah, and 74 is the year of the helicopter report that I just told you about there seemed to be a lot of activity then um there was one in 71 there were five archaeologists in the big cypress swamp they were excavating uh indian burial mound Hmm. and in the middle of the night this huge creature crashed into their camp 
and pretty much wrecked it and then ran off into the swamp. And they got a pretty good look at it, evidently. They said it was between 7 and 8 feet tall. This detail intrigues me. 700 pounds. You know, I don't know how you land on that as sort of a definitive number. But it covered in shaggy white fur. And the tracks that it left, um, they don't describe the shape at all, but they were 18 inches long and 11 inches wide. And a sickening odor, you know, permeated the camp after it was gone. So that was 71 so there just seems to be sort of uh, almost this angry or, or just uh, bumbling sort of creature in a way, and either getting hit by cars and stuff and crashing into people's camps. It, it, it makes you wonder, it, like, what was the population thing going on at that time if it was more people flooding into Florida and right. running him out of different places or what was going on? And, and there is this ongoing thing of Southern Bigfoot reports um, which might be kind of getting away from the skunk ape a little bit, but in Southern Bigfoot reports where they talk almost like they're an angrier, like their temperament is different from mm-hmm. from outside of the South. I don't know how true that is, and I don't know what kind of data that's based on either. I don't know if, if they're actually going through every report and you know trying to figure out what the percentage of angry Bigfoot reports is in the South. But people always talk about like the Boggy Creek uh, case, obviously, is typically recited as like this ultimate kind of terrorizing Bigfoot story. Um, I mean, would people refer to the Boggy Creek monster as a, as a skunk ape? Cause it's living in, you know, a swamp. It's got that same kind of habitat. Yeah, there is a connection. I don't know so much. Um, yeah. Habitat is sort of the, the link, you mm-hmm. know, and the, uh, sort of the, choice to use the water as a means of of uh, transportation whether that's just hiding tracks or actually swimming uh, from place to place i don't know that the boggy creek creature would be classified as a skunk ape per se but it does seem to have those southern characteristics of a little more menacing than your uh Exclusive Pacific Northwest classic Bigfoot of a lifetime. He claims he bumped into Bigfoot and has the pictures to prove it. Fox 13 is the only TV station he shared them with. And Fox 13's Kimberly Quizon has been analyzing them and getting reaction. And Kim, this story has gotten a lot of criticism since it was reported on the Huffington Post. Haley, you can imagine why. It's hard to prove something exists that many don't believe in. Bigfoot has been the subject of debate for years, and it's back again, this time here in Hillsborough County. Has a mythical creature made its home in Hillsborough County? I looked at this picture and I went, hmm. Lee Spiegel with the Huffington Post says it's a possibility. From the very beginning, he has not given the impression that he's looking for any kind of publicity. A local fisherman, John Rodriguez, emailed Spiegel these pictures and his story. I don't think at this point that the guy is lying. And Bigfoot stories aren't just shared along. All right, so one of the most famous uh, photographs of Bigfoot, period, I think, with it, within the within the community kind of as a whole, is the uh, Mayaka. Is it Mayaka or Mayaka? What is it? I do not All know. Right, the Mayaka, Mayaka is what I've always imagined it. Yeah. The Mayaka be, skunk ape photographs. Um, let's talk a little bit about these. Do you do you have more? Yeah. You probably have more knowledge about the history behind them than I do. Well, um, the the knowledge that I have is 
again, due largely in part to uh, Coleman's book, mm-hmm. and that's because he was a, you know, he was involved with that from almost the very beginning. Right. Um, this takes place in Sarasota County, and it's Mayaka, Mayaka. Mm-hmm. You say Mayaka. I say, I say Mayaka. Mayaka. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call the whole thing. Uh, and uh, there's a river named that and there's a state park named that as well this was in the early fall of 2000 and it concerns an elderly couple who began experiencing kind of uh, ongoing visits from an ape-like creature and they continually referred to it in their letter as an orangutan Mm -hmm. they never ever used the word Bigfoot or skunk ape in reference to this creature that was visiting them. And so the wife evidently wrote that for two nights, uh, this creature was taking apples off of their back porch. And so on the third night, she heard this loud whoop sound, and she went outside with her camera and squeezed off two photos and described the creature that she saw. And she really didn't see the creature until she was taking its picture because of the flash. And she said that in those moments, she was able to see something that was around six and a half to seven feet tall in a kneeling position. And, you know, there, I think it's worth a word of caution that, you know, people tend to overjudge height, I think, especially at night Mm -hmm. and under circumstances like that, but also described an awful smell and the creature came back only one night after that uh, night when the pictures were taken. Now, the information, this letter that I'm talking about, as well as the two photographs that were taken and developed, were sent to the Sarasota Sheriff's Department on December 22nd in the year 2000. And at first they were not taken seriously at all. And uh, the only reason that changed is that an animal control division officer uh, contacted a man named uh, David Barcasey, who's the owner of the Silver City Serpentarium. And uh, <laughs> there's a lot of potential. Wait, there, really. wait, is, a, is that like a legit name, a Serpentarium? Serpent, yes. Is that where they keep? It's very legit. Is that like snakes? Is that like a snake place? Or I, I am assuming it's snakes. Yes. I want to own a Serpentarium. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's like the coolest thing on earth. <laughs> it also sounds like a, a Marvel Comics villain, like Dr. Serpentarium. I know. I mean, there's vast potential there, really. <laughs> or it could be a substance. You oh, know, sure, that yeah. It's, you could be injected with Serpentarium. Yeah, you like snort the scales of a, <laughs> of a serpent. Hey, give me a bag of that Serpentarium. <laughs> I'll take two kilos. Yeah. <laughs> it's good stuff. That's great. Yeah. So um, the owner of the Serpentarium contacted Lauren Coleman um, to just to make sure that uh, the investigation was handled in uh, the right way and uh, was done very carefully. And so in the, in the development of that investigation, uh, one of the pictures, probably the most famous of the two, shows the creature with an open mouth um, 
the, the top and bottom teeth are both visible. And a primate specialist by the name of Wendy Shaw, her opinion was that that was a, a primate expression called the full open grin, which is an expression of extreme fear or anger and with the jaw parted. So it, in her opinion, it was a legitimate, uh, you know, if that's a real creature in the photo, which seems to be, I mean, there's, there's a criticism of those pictures like that could be a mask or a uh you know like a cardboard cutout but you know what you have to explain in those cases is the uh eye shine that's visible in the pictures but um you know there was a lot of controversy about them and there still is uh to a large degree i think um i find them personally pretty compelling pictures and i don't I'm not quick to say that they look fake. I, I think they look like some kind of mystery primate. Definitely. And, and not to say that's even Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. It's it's a separate issue almost. It's just something definitely out of the ordinary that uh, this couple was dealing with there. Yeah, and it's, like I've said, these these are some of my favorite photos because there's nothing about them that rings false. Um, there's there's even some eye shine. Um, some of the things that the, the anatomical details and all that, it just looks like a real creature. It does, yeah. Uh, if it's a fake, it it's a very well done one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. And, and like even to the degree that the eye shine, there's more in the first picture than in the second, mm-hmm. which should be, um, you know, anatomically correct in the case of a surprise. Yeah. So it's just stuff like that that really is is pretty cool and the other you know the the way that that was handled by this couple who had this experience rings true to me also you know i can imagine more elderly folks that i know handling the situation this way um back in the year 2000 you know they they wanted the police to know that this was happening here's a description of what was happening here's some pictures they didn't want to become involved with it personally, so they handled it anonymously. Right. There's nothing in this that sounds like um, hoaxer material. Yeah, what would the benefit of this be you know, if it was a hoax? Just to excite people or well, put fake pictures out there? It's kind of weird to me. It is, but that's a whole nother. Like getting into the, we need to do a show solely on the psychology of of hoaxery. Yes, because um, I would love to do something like that sometime. But that would be fun. Yes. All right, Mark, uh, wrap it up for us. Skunk ape. Final thoughts. Well, the skunk ape is much like a lot of the other uh, Bigfoot mystery primate stories that we've heard of. It goes back to early Indian legend and Native American traditions. Uh, giants living along the Kissimmee River. Um, historical accounts from. Uh, people who are named uh, pioneers and so forth who found, you know, Indian burial mounds and huge skulls and things of that nature. What I think is most fascinating about the skunk ape is truly the idea that it could be somewhat but not closely related to what we think of as Bigfoot or Sasquatch, and yet um, definitely uh, primate gone undiscovered, um, or as you said before, maybe it's uh, a holdover from uh, an escape 
that took place from some menagerie. Uh, but but be that as it may, I mean, any time that we're talking about vast expanses of uh, largely untouched land, it seems like naturally coming out of those places are stories of uh, hairy creatures that um, kind of poke their heads out once in a while and see what we're doing and and then hide themselves away. This one just happens to smell quite a bit. Join the conversation at facebook.com slash sasswhat. Find us on Twitter by using the hashtag sasswhat, or you can find me on Twitter at SethBreedsLove. Mark Matsky is on Twitter at Reverend Matsky. Send your letters to sasswhatmail at gmail.com and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Thank you.